conclude after next week's service. I'm just getting louder and louder. Listen to that. Clear and clear. By the end of the year, I will be booming. This is this <laughs> gradual crescendo. Our degreening, our de-decorating will conclude after next week's service. Next week, we'll be uh, celebrating Epiphany and the traditional story of the wise men. So I encourage you to be part of that service. And uh, following the service, we'll have a chance to unfortunately take down the greens until uh, that season next year. So very good. I'm going to anticipate that some of you may be a little drowsy today. You know, I understand some of you may have been up watching football, watching a ball drop, doing a lot of late night dancing, those types of things, right? And so uh, we'll try and uh, we'll try and keep ourselves going here as God's spirit infuses us for a new year, gives us energy, hopefulness, and as we gather around this blessed table to experience God in our lives once again. A great way to start the new year around the communion table. So good morning and blessings. I encourage you to greet those around you with Christ's peace this morning as we prepare for worship. I know, friends, you haven't seen each other in a year, so I understand, but we're going to proceed and let us gather ourselves as we welcome God's presence into this place. Will you join me in a time of rest and prayer as we begin worship? O loving God of our lives. God of gift, God of direction. We rejoice again in your coming to us in the child born in Bethlehem. We resound with praises for your love that enters into the dark night and provides us light, hope, peace for our future. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of this day, of this new month, of this new year in which we might live for you, serve you, prepare to enter eternity with you. Guide our worship today and may we be fully present to the work that you are doing, the words you're speaking, the love that you are sharing. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you'd stand as you're able and join me in the call to worship, please. By the way, Happy New Year. <clears throat> a new Savior is born. A new day has dawned. A new year begun. O Lord, call us so we may hear your voice. The world turns to hopes and dreams of the future. O Lord, keep us in your ways and on your path. We live into this Christmas season and enter the new year with hope and excitement. O Lord, remind us that you lead us. Guide us as we look to you and worship you. The hymn of praise is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, number 211 in your hymnals. Please join me in the opening prayer. God of all time, we praise and adore you 
for breaking into the darkness of this world with the glorious light of your presence. That light made your love for the world visible in the babe born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Your light leads us into a new year with assurance and hope. We pray that you will accept our worship, for it arises from hearts and minds in awe over the enormity of your gift to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed, number 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.
Dearest Lord, we look at the new year as a new beginning, a time to start over and leave failure behind. But every day with you is a new beginning, Lord. Help us to see where we've gone astray and gently lead us back. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Scripture lesson this morning is from Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 through 9. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people children who will not deal falsely, and he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
now hear Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to, a, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to, know, and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Now, if the children would come forward, I believe that uh, Mrs. Hannon has a word for them. Did you stay up till midnight? Good for you, I didn't either. Too, too late. Well, good morning. I'm glad to see you here. I thought maybe you all stayed up so late and there might not be any children here. My name is Joanne Hannon, and today I want to talk to you about what New Year means. We, what is, what year is this now? Nine, 1923 in my mind, see? That's what happens when you get old. It's 2023, a new year. That means a new beginning. Now, some people for New Year's make what are called resolutions. That means they say, well, this year, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. They say that. I've said that before. It didn't work. Then, I've, then they might say, this year, I'm going to go visit people more often. Or maybe they haven't gone to church the whole last year, and they say, this year, I'm going to go to church every Sunday. So sometimes when we 
begin a new year, we think about the things that maybe we should have done the year before, and we'll try to do them. And that's called a new beginning. Do you know what the word beginning means? Just starting out, isn't it? Starting something new. I'm just beginning to do this. I'm, I'm just beginning to live alone. Some, new be some beginnings are, are fun. Some beginnings are not. And, but we don't always have a choice, and we have to go along with it. Well, so New Year's is, is a, it's really a two-day celebration. It's New Year's Eve, which is the time that we look back on the year past and think about the things we've done. And then it's the day like today, which is New Year's Day, January 1st. How about that? The first day of a new year. This is the month of my birthday, so I always have a chance every January, well, to turn a year older, but also it's kind of a, an exciting year, and I've always been glad I was born in January because it's the first month of the year. Well, Jesus was a new beginner. And that, that when I think about Jesus and what he's meant to my life, that's what it is. No matter what I've done, Jesus says, you can begin again. He doesn't say, well, I've crossed that one off for the year. He just, Jesus begins again. He lost his life, but that wasn't the end of it. He had a new beginning. And so as you start this new year, I hope you have some things that you would like to do. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? Nothing that you're going to try to do this year? I didn't understand her, but I, but that's because I didn't put my hearing aids in. That's another thing that <laughs> happens when you get older. You don't hear as well. Anyway, I thank you for coming up, and let's have, um, let's have it. Uh, our prayer this morning is just thank you, God, for a new year. Can you say that? Thank you, God, for a new year, and. I've got a present here for you, and I want you to walk down that center aisle and blow these as loud as you can. Just, just blow it as loud as you can. Let those people know. Do you have one of those? No, I've got extra. Do you need one for anybody? So let's, tr let's practice here. Okay, so let's walk down that center aisle and wish everybody a happy new year.
and the parents and grandparents are saying it's not going to be a happy new year in my car when they're blowing those things all the way home. Maybe that's the new beginning this year. The pastor has to have some defense during the sermon, like different sounds will pop up. Yeah, preach through that, pastor. Okay. Well, I, wa- I wonder over the last month or so if you have heard, if you have said, tis the season. Tis the season. What is tis? Perhaps that phrase uh, became popular through the song Deck the Halls. 1862, written by Thomas Oliphant. By that time, though, that phrasing, tis, had already been used often by great authors. Charles Dickens, Shakespeare had used it. So maybe Oliphant was trying to channel these literary giants in his own lyrics. But because of Deck the Halls, uh, tis the season became associated, particularly with Christmas, Gentleman's Magazine opened one year proclaiming, Hurrah, hurrah, tis the season of mirth, the time of goodwill and peace on earth. But tis the season could really apply to any time of year, couldn't it? Tis the season for spring cleaning. Tis the season for pumpkin lattes. Tis the season to get a new haircut. I mean, it could, it just means it's the time, correct? Tis the season to laugh or to cry. Tis the season to be born or to die. Tis the season to break down or build up. Tis the season to fight or give up. Maybe you're familiar with a bit of Hebrew poetry known as Ecclesiastes or Koheleth, the Hebrew title of its primary speaker who describes these different seasons, these different facets of life. If you don't know the scripture, at least the words might ring a bell thanks to Turn, 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 that Pete Sager song that became a hit for the birds. The poem is a set of 14 opposing pairs. It's beautiful and dark. It reminds us of times in our lives where we've been excited and celebrated. It also casts a dark shadow to remind us trouble and evil are inevitable. It also brings to mind the monotony of life. We come to the close of a new year and the beginning of a new one. I wonder today, how would you describe your season? If you had to put lyrics to your life right now, what would you highlight? What would you write in for sure? Because you would never want to forget what is happening right now. What's happening that you would rather leave out? Tis the season for for what for you? What time do you find yourself in? I don't know about you, but when I hear that scripture read, even as Amy was reading it this morning, I can get a bit bogged down by all of those descriptions, and uh, I kind of quit before I get through them all, or I skip ahead. The repetition, the time for, the time, the time, it can become oppressive. You know, we think ourselves skilled 
organized, masters of our lives, in control of what's going on. The seasons of life remind us that time is the true master. Out of joy, into sorrow, no matter our strategy to stay rooted in the peace that we enjoy, time takes over. Time controls. Do you think that's true? Is time a good boss or a bad one? Is it a menace or a friend? We don't have enough time. It's fleeting. I don't have time to reach my goals, to spend with loved ones, to make amends for something wrong I've done. Time is a source of worry. How can I use my time wisely? I don't want to waste my time. The kids are growing up so fast. Have I used my time to help them tackle the world? What am I going to do when the time comes and I can't take care of this house? I can't get up these stairs. I can't care for this loved one. The worry of time. Time is a heartache. I remember the time when. Time now is not like it used to be. Do we consume most of our moments today longing for time that can't be reclaimed? Are we always running after time? I am. I'm the one, and you all know me well. I'm the one in high school. My friend said, let's meet up at uh, 3.30. They were meeting at 4, and they knew I'd be there at 4, too. They just like to give me a good 30-minute head start. Are we always running after time? Do we fight time because we know it won't last? I was introduced this week to a poem by Delmore Schwartz. He's an American poet of the early 20th century, lived in New York City, and most of his poems are things that he observed when he walked around, mundane things, people walking through a park, sitting on a bus. The poem I read this week is called Calmly We Walk Through an April Day. And the poet observes that things are passing by, and then he reminds us that one day, they'll be gone. You may not know that poem, you may know the sentiment. It's also expressed in a hymn that we sing, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Time, like an ever-rolling stream, bears all its sons away. They fly forgotten as a dream, dies at the opening day. There are moments we get stuck in Ecclesiastes and we think, does time mean anything? We just always seem to lose to it. We strive so hard to make the most of our days, to be good, and then it's interrupted by tragedy. We never know when the seasons are going to come. We have no control over this time. It just happens, and it seems like God likes it that way. Maybe that's why the preacher poet in our scripture just proposes just eat and drink and be merry and stuff your face and dance the night away for all life is is a cycle of pandemics, political skirmishes, discrimination, war, death. Reliving, rethinking about time only brings either guilt or grief. Looking ahead only reveals that Time is drawing to a close. The poet Schwartz says, Time is the fire in which we burn. 
Does that feel true? We all know a bit of being burned out, burned up. Friends, so far I don't like this message very much. (laughs) To just stand up here and say time is a sad waste. Sometimes I worry it feels like that could be true. I want God's holy book to swiftly denounce that it's not. This poet is not so quick to fix our worries. His poetry, this constant refrain of life, is futile. Has prompted one great scholar of his book, Michael Fox, to write, Boy, Kohelet and Ecclesiastes is essentially crabby. Very crabby. But you know, the author of this poetry does drop a few phrases. I grab tight to, I hold to. Because despite his frustration with time and how finite life seems, he does stop to smell the roses. There is something precious, beautiful about temporary glories in time. The author said, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Sometimes it feels like time is a big black sharpie. It just permanently marks out things that are dear to us. But then God comes along with God's basket of paints to reinduce color and beauty and joy so that those things that feel fleeting are reinterpreted and re-enlivened through God's spirit. God's saying, there's a story going on here that's bigger than your calendar, that's bigger than your watch. I am the master restorer. I am reinstating life where it appears to have run out. God has put eternity in their hearts. Ah, yes. We mourn the finite. We also have this inkling, call it a curiosity, an impulse, a longing for God's bigger story. The truth that God's peace and joy and love can endure beyond time. These are qualities of God who is eternal. And because we are made in the image of God, we too have these qualities. We too can experience a joy, a peace, a presence that moves beyond our situation, beyond time. The timeless God with us. We are longing for eternity. We're beginning to see it. The author says, I know there's nothing better than for people to be happy and do good while they live. This is a gift of God. A gift of God. Time, life as a gift. Because of this statement and others, some scholars have called this Ecclesiastes author a preacher of joy. That sounds strange. Here he is complaining about how time is a waste. And yet he reinvigorates joy seven times in his writing. Because all of moments, although fleeting, they're all God moments. Reflecting on the words of this scripture, William Brown said, Ecclesiastes has the smell of the tomb about it, its obsession with life and its end. But it also bears the unmistakable scent of fried chicken. (laughs) which is served at a lot of southern funerals. So grief, as real as it is, 
is there, as are fond memories of life shared together, as is life that continues always in God's grace. He says, the glory of the ordinary. That's what's called for. God who is present and making meaning in every moment. Every moment belongs to God. Glory in the ordinary. A week ago, we celebrated the birth of a child in the strangest of circumstances. It's a beautiful, sacred moment, that small kid in the hay, the light of God piercing the night. The fulfillment of a promise, a silent night settling our souls when we are uncertain as we struggle. And many of us may conclude, well, that moment is over. Tis the season to move on. The stores are packing up their nativity sets and lights. And now it's time to cut out pink hearts, buy chocolate, pretty up for Valentine's Day. Time has passed. Let's move on. But I'm convinced Christmas is not a moment for God and God's boldness, God's remarkable entrance, God pierced time, poured into this place a bit of the eternal. You know, the clock thinks it has the final say. When the buzzer sounds, it's over, beauty expires life as we know it. But God rebukes that clock, sets it straight, claims dominion over it, for God is now here in this place, bringing a bit of God's eternal presence with God. And God will show us that time can be changed, time can be reformed, time can be moved from an enemy into a gift. Each moment, a recognition, a celebration of Jesus who lives in it with us. So every moment is not hapless. It's not meaningless. It's not just a passing on to a dirty grave. Each moment now is bathed with the light of that Christ child. Each moment touched by the Spirit's breath. Each moment is Jesus' moment. He's come to live in each one. And so there will still be times when life burns and stings and aches. And it feels like the melody of our song is, Tis the season to lose. But let's not forget, even in these hardest moments, God remains and claims, This is my time. God's not finished yet. God has the capacity to rework our day beyond our imagination. God continues to present us with the gifts of minutes and days. And what we choose to fill those minutes and days is our response to that great gift. So what time is it? Tis the season for God's fulfilled promises in you. God's love in you. Tis the season to be God's time. Great gift. Happy New Year. Let us celebrate the gift of this moment, this second, with God, around God's table, remembering the gift that was Christ who lived and died and rose for us. 
Will you join me in prayer as we prepare for, for communion today? Eternal God, before whom we are creatures of the day and children of the hour, we lift our prayers to you as we stand in the shadow of an ending year. We are aware, O oh God, once more of the fleetingness of time. So much has happened to us during the year. Some things have rapidly slipped away. There have been places of hurt and happiness of loss and gain, of hope and fear. We did not expect the sorrow that was thrust upon us. We were surprised by the turn of events that changed us. We look back and we remember how different life was a year ago. The slow, quiet erosion of the days has gone on. We're not the same person we were, for better or worse. We've had a whole year to grow in love or to fall out of love, to turn our hands to constructive tasks or to turn away in idleness. We've had a whole year and now it's gone. But no matter what we have done or failed to do, oh Lord, keep us from worrying about it too much. If we've failed, help us to put that failure behind us. Forgive us, we pray. If we've done well, help us to be glad, Lord, but not complacent. For there are other hills to climb and new hopes to be realized. We know, O oh God, you understand our need to look back for a little bit, to peer at the past. But also, Lord, start us looking forward. We don't know what events are ahead. But we know that you are there and we are grateful. Draw us near to you, to your spirit, to your presence that sustains us and sets us free. In Christ we pray. The Lord be you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Friends, it is a right, good, joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to God. For God, you made all things and called them good. You have given a season for everything and a time of renewal and recommitment. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name, God, and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. 
O Lord, our God, holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a life of compassion and compels us to follow his ways. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry. And ate with sinners. And by the baptism of your suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, O God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you can in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. Lord God, as we enter into the space of a new year, we offer this time to you. Shape it and mold it as you will, that we might not feel like we are burning in time, but that we are learning that we are stretching and growing, that we are experiencing your presence, your comfort, and your joy in the time that we are given. Lord, we know that there are some in this time that are struggling and suffering. We lift them into your care, particularly continue to comfort the family of Beverly Lewis as they mourn her death. Be with Bev Parhan as she continues to recover from surgery. We pray also for Phil Fowler, who was hospitalized this week. Bring healing and recovering and strength to him. And for other names, Lord, that are on our hearts today that we are aware of as a congregation, we know, Lord, you are active and present in the lives of these people, reworking the time of their day to bring them wholeness, healing, and your love. 
Now in this space, Lord God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and of juice and make them be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. For you have promised a new way, a new order in which all tears will be wiped away and death shall be no more. By your spirit, make us one with Jesus Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. 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 Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. In just a moment, we will welcome you to come forward to receive a piece of bread and a small cup of juice. You may take the elements and remain at the altar to pray over this moment, over your new year. Prayers of gratitude, prayers of confession. All are invited to come forward who are seeking Jesus, his love to touch your life in this moment. You need not be a, a member of the church, a United Methodist in upbringing. Do you want God to have a say about your time? You want God to speak into your time this new year. Then come and receive.
Friends, having received in this gracious gift of God's self to us in communion, it is right to respond with praise, with lives of faithfulness and rededication. With the United Methodists throughout the country and around the world, we will be praying what is known as the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer, often spoken at the beginning of a new year, that we might align ourselves again with what God is doing and the working of the Holy Spirit in the world. So I invite you to join with me as you are able in this prayer of recommitment to a new year. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thy wilt. Rank me with whom you wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, or let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Sing we now of Christmas, Noel, sing we hear, hear our grateful praises. Child, so. 
Well, thank you for your worship here to start this new year, a way to stand in God's presence and with each other, glorifying in the good things that God is doing. And may God work miracles within your time this year. I don't know, maybe a God, God will work a miracle in mine and we'll finish on time. We're, we're waiting to see if God can work that miracle. May God bless each of your days in the coming of 2023. Go forth from this place, not into darkness, not into insignificance. Go into the light of God's eternal, purposeful, inspiring love. Go to be those who bring the peace, love, hope, and joy to the world. And God will be with you always. Amen.